Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello everyone, this is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast, and today we're talking about creativity and what that means for us when we're going through our lives and how can we get more of it and how can we depend on it and how can we bring it out a lot more. So the picture on the card is the goddess is holding sort of all these spirals, sort of putting them out into the world and making more spirals. And it looks like she's just sending them out and the Deer is looking up at her as she's doing that. It's a very creative card on its own self. And in the back, it says, creativity is an outward manifestation of who we are as spiritual beings. It is the magical ability to create something out of nothing that is uniquely ours. It is the gift of being able to imagine, to dream, and then to make the dreams come true. Creative expression is essential to feeding our souls. It forces us to go beneath the obsession with the food and weight and access the part of ourselves that passionately hungers for self-expression. And I find in my work and in my own life, in whatever recoveries I was going through, that if I could get into a creative space it was a way for me to step out of the busy mind or the obsession, the obsessive thoughts. And I would try to write or read or draw or walk around or do something to get out of that loop de loop de loop de loop. And I found that it was when I would go to creativity of some kind, then those voices or those insistent critical self of me would calm down and I would be able to sort of just go beneath all of it and come out with something that really meant a lot to me, much more self-expression than you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you need to go on a diet, you need to eat, you need to stop eating, you need to blah, 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 whatever it was. So I found that that was a really wonderful tool that I could use, just sitting with myself and trying to do something creative, even if it didn't make any sense or didn't look like the way that I wanted it to look, it still accessed that part of my brain, which is where I wanted to be. So today we have a really wonderful young woman with us who's going to be talking about creativity in her own life. And she is very creative, and the podcast is going to be out the same day that the newsletter that we're going to be talking about creativity is on. So you have some of her drawings on that 
newsletter. If anybody doesn't get the newsletter and wants it, please go to Beyond Hunger. If anyone wants to get the newsletter, please go to laurelyrourke.com and I'll put you on the newsletter page. No problem. Anyway, so I'm going to introduce Aislinn and she's going to talk and tell us what up with her. Hi. I'm Aislinn Doherty, and I'm actually an artist, and right now I'm a student at Savannah College of Art and Design, and I wanted to talk about my healing my eating disorder through creativity today, and I related a lot with what you said about using creativity to get outside of almost your own image of yourself and stop obsessing with everything you're kind of like the feeling of the worthlessness and then go towards the art to get out of that you know those constant obsessive thoughts about weight and also like I think throughout my entire life I always went to my art to find myself and my value so even those days when I was feeling very like worthless I could always find my value through my art wow so great But yeah, I wanted to talk about a couple of art pieces that I've done before that have really connected me with myself and my body. And it was really like a healing experience to just create those and express those feelings. The first one was the tree. The tree drawing is like, it's a woman, like one with this tree and her hair is the branches and the roots are her lungs. And I made it after having an experience where I was kind of laying down in the grass and I was looking up at this tree and I was just kind of really breathing deeply. I got into this meditative state and I was looking at this tree and I kind of connected with it. And I had this feeling that this tree was breathing with me and it was breathing in my exhale. And I was like breathing in its exhale. And we became kind of like one in this cycle in my mind. And it really showed me that my body was not just for me, but it was also helping me and constantly giving to me, but also like nature around me and animals around me and plants and trees around me. So beautiful. And there's all these studies right now showing that we are much more connected to nature than we ever thought we were, really. Or maybe most of us thought we were, because I'm sure there were people who knew that we were part of the earth and the earth was part of us. But there's another thing about how all the trees talk to each other when the nature talks to each other, and especially mushrooms, you know, they have this huge network underground that we don't even know about. Exactly. And all plants are like that. I don't know. I just, we have to get out of our little human brain that we're like in charge of everything and go to, oh, there's so much more that we don't even understand at all that's going on around us. Exactly. And you said getting out of control. That's another thing with art is it, it puts you in a state where you can't control it. You can have like an image of your <laughs> in your mind of what you want to create, but really your subconscious is going to take over and it, it'll show. It's so true. I know in my writing, I will read something and I'll go, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> And I don't know, but it came from that creative force and it's pretty great, you know, or I'm not really a painter or an artist, but I can write and I always just 
think somebody was in my head writing this because I don't remember writing that. I don't have a memory of that. And then I see it. I know I did it, but it's like probably this tree. You know you drew it, but it's sort of like you're in that altered state of drawing, of creativity. Yeah. And also it's interesting going back and looking at old things you wrote or old things you created and realizing a connection between the way you felt then and the art that you didn't really pick up on. And I remember when I was healing through my eating disorder and going through my recovery, that when it was at its worst, a lot of the people that I drew were very, very skinny, like skin and bones, like skinny. And it was like, definitely some sort of like subconscious thing I was doing of trying to make the characters into how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't consciously do that. And then as I started recovering, the people I drew, you know, got more full and looked more alive. Whereas like the other people were like skin and bones, literally had like bags under their eyes, tired, like just so tired. Like the monster high people. Yeah, it looks like the monster eye drawings, absolutely. Yeah, so weird. I love that because it's true. I've gone back and look at stuff that I wrote even when I was a really little girl. And I knew exactly as soon as I read it what I was talking about because it was a day at the beach. And I can remember that day and what bathing suit I had on and where my family was, you know, around me. And it was just really weird that I could have that memory after this little writing of it. Yeah, exactly. I've had like moments like that where it brings back memories or old feelings that I thought I healed that I didn't completely heal. And I had to revisit that. So for people who are listening that are still maybe struggling with their own body hatred or disordered eating. I know it sounded like you've always had this gift to be able to draw, but how did you remind yourself you had that? Or how did you sort of get yourself to the desk to sit down and do it? Sometimes that's the hardest part. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing is I think everybody has that gift, you know, like art is connecting yourself with a subconscious mind and everybody can do that, but it's all about kind of, there's like skill and then there's just connecting yourself to yourself. But you're so right. Sometimes it is the hardest thing to get up, especially when you're in a bad state and to just like get up and start it and even finish it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You really just have to have like a motivation or a really really clear image in your head of what you want to say and a message that you really want to show. And that's my motivation, at least. Yes. You know, you're reminding me of a few years ago, I started a story and I wrote and wrote it just like poured out of me. And I know how the story ends. I know what happens to the characters, but I never wrote the ending And I think about that when I would be like, you should finish that story, you know, but I thought, you know what, whatever part of me that was writing that, that was enough for her. That was, she got done. (laughs) Yeah. And there's also been times where I've created something like amazing, but I stopped halfway through and I just didn't want to continue. And then I came back like years later and I finished it. And I realized that that art piece is better than what it would have been if I finished it then and there. 
And it's almost like there's a reason why I wanted to come back. I think the same thing. And I'm just not there yet. It's almost like I have to grow a little bit more to write that last part or something. I'm, you know, not going to argue with the creative force anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you just go with it. You go with it. And so tell me, how is it going to school? So you graduated high school and then you spent the summer and you went to school. And how was that? It was a really interesting shift because I went across the country and had to leave California and went all the way to Georgia. And so that was a really hard transition. But other than that, being surrounded by creative people who have the same interests, I never knew how much it would help me with that flow. Like I'm always in the flow there because there's people around me constantly inspiring me and telling me like almost like trying to push me along my journey, you know, like telling me what I'm doing wrong and telling me what I'm doing right so I can fix that. And it's been amazing. And I'm so glad that I'm there. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine because I've talked at many colleges and universities that a lot of times there's very high levels of eating disorder and a lot of body disturbances, for lack of a better way to put it. And how is that in a creative school that are you going to? I definitely know a lot of people struggle with it. And also you have a lot to do all the time. And eating sometimes get put on the back burner or you just don't take care of yourself as much as you wanted. Also, you know, a lot of people just struggle with eating disorders and I'm still going through my recovery. So sometimes it'll be harder than other days, but it's kind of like, I always have a place to come back to that like creative, just like anchor. And I always have that to come back to. And whenever I'm like feeling down about myself or I have those thoughts of like, you know, you don't deserve food or you don't deserve this. I can always come back and be like, no, I have so much to say and I'm so creative and I have all this worth in that anchor and I can always come back to it and take those thoughts and let them leave my mind. (laughs) Those thoughts storygram network welcome to one media one media i'm when you're whining with nurses it's a place i like to call the bleed my name is laura lee and this is it's not about food the art of being yay isn't just something he developed Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, And I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating diet culture, and learning about 
intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously this holiday season. Thank you. I love that. And have you talked to the other people in your school about that? Yeah, I had this one conversation with a friend and they were struggling with it. But I told them, you know, one day when you see what you want in the mirror, it's not going to be about your body. It's (laughs) you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a beautiful person. And it's not going to be at all about the body. Oh my God, that is so great. That's so true. Yeah. And so what did she say? She kind of like understood what I was saying, but it's hard when you're in that state to completely understand, but they just kind of thanked me and we kind of went on our way, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, I'm excited for the growth that person is going to go through. I feel like they're definitely on a good journey. Yeah. Well, I know that one of the things that I've been doing since 1985 is just talking about it. Let's talk about it. You know, even though it's sometimes hard, I know when I would feel like, oh, maybe they don't want to talk about it and I'm invading their space or whatever. But I find that we have to like bring a lot of this stuff out into the open in order for it not to get worse or stay the same. You know, it wasn't until like people started to go to AA, we were able to say what it was and how to get over it. People weren't dying as much as they were back then. So anyway, I think it's just get it out of the shadows and let's just start talking about it and see what, because really what we think about food and weight in this culture is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty big friend group of like about eight girls in my friend group and they're all my age and like every single one of them has struggled. Like all these young girls have struggled and guys and everyone. And it's so crazy that we don't talk about it. Like sometimes we just don't check up on people or we let it just fade away. But it's always there. We just don't speak out about it. Yes, our culture breeds it, you know, and there's so much shame and there's so much secrecy about what you do with food or how you think about your weight. And you don't want anyone to know because then they'll think something worse about you than they we think that they will. Like, you can't control your food. What's the matter with you? Kind of a thing, you know. But I find when I get people together and they have a safe place to just start pulling this out of the closet, they're so happy. It's hard and it might make them cry But in the end, they're so happy to lay this burden down, which, you know, is a great thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also like when you're going through that type of thing, you're already in such an insecure state that it's hard to bring it up and it's hard to seek help. So by someone else talking about it, it can really help bring those people out and have them 
talk about it and start their healing process. That's right. That's right. And a lot of times eating disorders, they call it ed because it's like almost a whole other person other than you that's doing these things. It's a part of you, obviously, but it's also a part of you that if you really were aware of it, you would go, what? I'm not doing that. (laughs) But it's Ed or Edwina. People call it different things. But on the other hand, I always think and have forever, and I feel like I thought that about myself as well, that the part of me that had a disordered eating and body hatred was trying to keep me safe from something I thought was worse than having that. And, you know, in a weird way, it was a part of me that just really loved me and didn't want me to be more hurt than I already was. So I would have to untangle that, tell this part, thank you so much for helping me, but this isn't going to help anymore. And I'm going to give this part up because it used to work and now it doesn't work. So, and that was a big struggle for me and it took a long time. Yeah, that's so beautiful, though, because it it really was like trying to help you and keep you protected. But at a certain point, you realize it's not doing what it's supposed to be. (laughs) That's right. It's actually more harm than good. So the other drawing that you have is somebody in a bathing suit. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? So powerful. Yeah, of course. The backstory to it was that I kind of had this realization of how long I have treated my body so poorly and not just treated it, but like thought about it as something to be ashamed of. And after it constantly has just been giving to me and giving to me and giving to me throughout my entire life, I never was able to see the beauty in it. So I decided to put a bikini on and take a picture of myself in a way that I didn't think was necessarily stereotypically attractive. You know, I had like the rolls in my belly and my stretch marks were showing on my hips and just everything wasn't like it wouldn't be a typical picture I'd want of myself to be to represent, but it was still my body. So I took that photo and I started drawing it. And there are points where I really did not want to draw something. And I really was just honestly like best word I can use is disgusted. I was so disgusted that it was there, but I had to accept, no, this is part of your body and this is normal and this is natural. And this is the body that has been given to you again and again and again, every single day, every step of the way. And so I just, you know, drew it as it was. And in the end, I thought it was so beautiful and I was so proud of the drawing. And yeah, that was a very healing experience. It's very healing and it's very brave. You know, it's putting yourself out to be what we think is judged. And there might be people judging us, but the worst judge I felt was me. (laughs) So I was the meanest judge. And it just is a beautiful, real drawing. It's just fabulous. And you go to to museums or whatever, and there's drawings of real people or there's statues of real people or there's whatever, you know, and there's beautiful pictures of paintings in the Louvre of 
women standing naked with exactly the kind of body that we don't like in this culture, which is sort of that pear, you know, you have big hips and thighs, but a really small chest or the opposite. You're just really strong and long and lean and you have no breasts and no hips. And then somebody really curvy hourglass figure that we've said is too fat, you know, and there they are and they're beautiful and there's cellulite on them or there's wrinkles or there's lumps and bumps and everybody goes, yeah, that's so beautiful. But then they go in the bathroom and they look at themselves and go, oh my God, I can't believe I've let myself go. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's also so interesting looking at the beauty standards throughout time with art because you realize it always changes and none of it is beautiful. It's like, it all is beautiful, but none of it is pretty or not pretty. None of it's pretty or ugly. It all just kind of is. And that's an incredible sort of almost like uh, time machine. (laughs) It's just art, like looking through just the stereotypes of beauty and realizing that it's it's all beautiful. It's so true. And we'd forget that in this culture for some reason. But I think about these other images all through the ages of that. Nobody was trying to sell them a cellulite cream. So it was okay to have it or nobody was trying to sell them a diet because they're afraid that they didn't get enough to eat. (laughs) You know, and I don't know, it just how it changes when money starts getting involved. Yeah. Anyway, like I remember when we first had the book, It's Not About Food, out, my business partner, my co-author, and we were going to be on TV or something or in a magazine or whatever, you know, somebody was going to interview us. And I always said, there's a part of me that thinks I'm too fat to go on this TV show. And she'd go, oh, I'm too fat too. (laughs) So, because we were both together, it was easier, you know, because it was like, well, you're not really that fat. Well, neither are you. Okay, we'll forget about it and go on the show. <laughs> but when you're just all by your little self, you've got to develop that observer part of you that will say, like you said, you're beautiful. This is a beautiful picture. This is a beautiful painting. It's okay. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of this one time my mother's friend, she had a shaved head because, well, she had like cancer. So she had to shave her head and she was really freaking out about the way it looked. And she was really like insecure about it. And my mom is like, okay, I'll shave my head with you. And so they went and they shaved their heads together. So she kind of had that comfort of someone else being with them. And yeah. And it was really interesting because as a kid, You know, I was like, I don't know exactly how old I was, but I was maybe even in like fourth grade. And it was really interesting seeing my mom and seeing the reactions other people would have of a woman with a shaved head that young. And we went to Hawaii and we went to like a hotel and some tourists were like really like disgusted by it. Whereas like other people, you know, thought it was really cool. And it was a really interesting perspective on beauty and like what it is and I think shaving your head to help your friend go through what they're going and have you know give them comfort is like the most beautiful thing but people don't see that they just see the shaved head (laughs) that's right they just see what are you trying to be a lesbian or are you trying to be Uh punk or what are you doing yeah all the labels that we want to put on everybody. And when she'd tell them the story, they would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, (laughs) 
their whole perspective of it would shift. And I watched that and it was really interesting. So great. Yeah, I read about a kid in elementary school that went through chemo and lost all his hair. When he came back to school, everybody, including the teacher, had shaved their head. So when he walked in, everybody looked like him. So beautiful. Yes, it's like sometimes people need comfort. Like you were saying, you know, it was easier to deal with a friend. And yeah, that's so beautiful. So anything else you want to talk about? Like maybe what you're working on right now? Mostly what I've been just working on right now is schoolwork. But I've been able to introduce other sort of aspects of my life into the schoolwork. So it's not just schoolwork, but there's one where it looks like almost like her heart is opening into all these shapes. And I think I might have sent it to you at some point, but that one was kind of inspired by a similar feeling to the tree one. And it was just this like abundance of love that I just had for both myself and everybody else. And it was the most beautiful feeling I have ever had. And I loved creating that one. That one was an amazing one. But other than that, yeah. That's beautiful. And to go back to the tree one, I think that if I get confused in the world or I get scared in the world, a lot of times if I just go stand by a tree and like you said, breathe. Breathe in the tree and breathe out the tree. But I never thought I was doing that. I was just breathing by a very grounded thing, (laughs) you know, creature. Yeah. Living something. But what a beautiful way to put it both together like that, that what you're breathing out is what it's breathing in and what it's breathing out is what you're breathing in. And of course, that's how it does work. Yeah. And I like started later drawing trees as veins too, because I thought, oh, veins are delivering blood to other parts of our body. But, you know, trees are delivering like oxygen to other parts of like our atmosphere and our earth. And I really like those two together, you know? So I do too. Beautiful. So I'm wondering if you will read the bottom of the card that's Today I Will. Today I will practice setting aside my obsession with food and weight and find some time to listen to my creative instinct. I will write down different ways I am interested in expressing my creativity and experiment with some of these ways. Great. That's a really wonderful thing to say that you probably just do naturally when you're at school because that's what you guys are doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's very sweet. So I'm just really grateful that you came on today and talked about this difficult subject in such a beautiful, loving and open way. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you had me on here. Me too. So good luck with your studies. And I know you're going to knock them out of the park, every one of them. And really appreciate you a lot. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you too. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.